0: It's Wednesday, June 8th, a calm and cool evening here in Chicago, Illinois, and this is Episode 5 of Ruts Happening. And Hello again, everybody. I'm your host, Andrew Rutberg. My producer has informed me that we're already getting big overseas. That's right. We have a faction of listeners joining us from the Netherlands. So to everyone in Amsterdam, I say danke and tell your friends, spread the word. And for today's show, I had to bring on my good friend Sherp. Thanks for joining us. How are you today, Sherp?
1: Not bad. Thanks for uh, having me on the show today, Aaron.
0: It's Andrew, and I appreciate it. We'll continue going here. Sherp is a lifelong diehard Packer, Badger, and Brewer fan. So, of course, he currently resides in Chicago with his lovely wife, Stephanie. We've been together on all kinds of unsuccessful Badger trips to support our beloved UW. We've seen losses in Columbus, Ann Arbor, Dallas, and Indianapolis, including the Final Four National Championship Games.
1: We did have good seats to those,
0: though. It's true. We knew a guy. So we lucked out there. Guy
1: with a great head of hair.
0: And uh, Sherp's culinary skills are top-notch. They've come a long way. When we first met, the guy was ordering uh, pokey sticks from Gumby's. Now he's making Asian fusion in his kitchen. So he's, True story. he's got the skills. Did I miss anything there? Anything you'd like to tell our listeners?
1: No, uh, I, th- I think you pretty much covered it, Eric. Thanks.
0: Dynamite. All right. Well, let's get right into the topics here. FDS, what's first on the list? Soccer. Sounds like a lot's going on in soccer these days. What does it all mean? And that's why you're here, sure, because I have no idea what it means. I was at a bar last night with a friend, really to watch the Cubs game. Believe it or not, they're on the road, but they were showing the soccer game. People were going crazy. I know the US won four to nothing. They beat Costa Rica right here in Chicago. Something called the Copa. I have no idea what that is. Is it an acronym? Is it a World Cup qualifier prelim? Help me out here. What's happening? So
1: the Copa is uh, kind of a strange tournament. Uh, I think part of the reason people don't really follow it or understand it is very inconsistent. So it's kind of the uh, Western Hemisphere's answer to the Euro Championships. So originally it was all South America. And because it was just South America, it wasn't really a big deal. There were only so many teams. Every team got in it. Then they started to randomly invite teams. So like the USA would get invited, Canada would get invited. uh, And finally this year for the Centario, uh, as you can see, the 100th anniversary, they decided to figure out a good way to get North America, Central America, and South America all involved, which is important because South America uh, has some soccer powerhouses. If you look at World Cup wins, uh, Uruguay, Won a couple right at the beginning. Brazil and Argentina are, of course, powerhouses. So um, is it important? Eh, sort of. Uh, it's, it's when these countries put their best players on the field, so it's better to watch than your average uh, USA-friendly. But uh, how important on the scale of things? You know, I think a USA fan would say it's super important um some of the other countries might not.
0: And in terms of entertainment value, you're just watching it at home, it's somewhere between like an MLS game and an EPL game.
1: I would say entertainment value for uh, an American who's into soccer, this is high. I mean, because you don't get to watch the USA team play a lot of meaningful games. They play in the Gold Cup, which is just CONCACAF, uh which consists of Canada, the US and and Central America. Uh so that's a big deal, but um As far as as important soccer games go for the U.S., this is pretty fun. I mean, last night's game was, I give it a a Monet four, where it's like (laughs) you're looking at this game, and you're like, four nothing, wow, U.S. But when you really watch the game, they played like garbage. Bobby Wood, who scored a goal, was arguably the worst player on the field until he scored. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody's claiming Jermaine Jones was the best player on the field, and between him and Clint Dempsey, they probably were. But those are also the two best players the team has, so you expect it.
0: So basically, we're just about one rung down from World Cup competition in terms of level of interest and level of play here in the U.S.
1: In the U.S., I would say that's accurate, yeah.
0: Well, we'll keep our eye on it and obviously root on the U.S.A. here as the Copa continues.
1: Yeah, well, to give you an example, we've got the Euro championships coming up here at the end of the month, and I would expect those to get better TV ratings than than this does, even within the U.S.
0: Just a little piece of advice of the soccer world. There is a saturation point, and we're already way past it. <laughs> so let's take it easy on the tournaments, the leagues, the nonstop. We just can't keep up.
1: It's the world's game, Andy.
0: It, right. There's a reason it can't catch on in America. This is too much. We need a regular season, a postseason, and then a lengthy offseason.
1: Yeah, that's what we need—more off-season.
0: We need, you know, the rumor mill, the hot stove.
1: There's tons. They're already in the rumor mill today. Chelsea or uh, Manchester United just signed their first player under the Jose Mourinho era, which was very important.
0: Right, but then how does that play into international competition? There's all right. There's always another level to it. It's too much. It's just like boxing. We just need to unify everything. There's one champion. And I let's, couldn't agree more. Let's move process. on with our lives.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's just all right. We're moving on with this topic before I tip the table over.
0: That's more talking soccer than we've had on what's happening and possibly will until the next World Cup. So.
1: Or until the next time you have your old friend Sherp on.
0: It's true. So let's move on to the next topic. Fred, what's number two here for us? NBA Finals. Rate these finals 1 to 10. So we're going to say a 1 is the worst, a 10 is the best.
1: Okay, how about some historical context? Like where do we put last year's?
0: Last year's I'm going to say was about a 6. Okay. It was better than just your average, but there was nothing spectacular about it. The Warriors do play an exciting brand of basketball. LeBron was trying to win a championship for Cleveland for the first time in many years.
1: Vadova is the every man's terrible
0: Brought in a huge following from Australia, second year in a row now. But, uh, you know, we've seen in our generations an unbelievable finals. You know, the Lakers, Celtics with KG and Kobe. Of course, all the Jordan finals, especially during the second P Heat Spurs, Ray Allen shot. Right, I mean, that maybe is the best shot of all time in NBA history, We've seen all kinds of the Derek Fisher, the Robert Ory, the Steve Kerr heroics. Sean Elliott. We didn't see any of those last year. We've yet to see it through two and a half games this year. So I'm going to call this year so far, I'm going to give it a four.
1: I would say, uh, yeah, I'd say a four is, a, is probably right about where it ranks. I could watch the Golden State Warriors cook ready-baked rice. I mean, they're just so entertaining. Uh, I can't. It, they play a style of basketball, and you're gonna hate me for this. They play a style of basketball that very much mirrors movement-wise the game of soccer. If you if you watch <laughs> these guys, move, of course they do. They, they're moving off the ball. It's a lot of back cuts. It's a lot of uh, anticipating the movement with passes. Steph Curry. There was a particular breakaway in game one where he's coming down the court. And he cuts from the left sideline to the right sideline, so he can get a better passing angle at a cutting Andre Iguodala, and that's that's soccer movement right there. Uh, which is why, you know, Kobe played soccer, Steve Nash played right, soccer, right. so Elijah. Wan. I
0: certainly agree with you when it comes to watching the Warriors. They have to be the most aesthetically pleasing team to watch, and the most exhilarating in a long, long time. But in terms of mirroring soccer, I just don't see it at all. I mean, first of all, they're scoring at an unbelievable clip. No one scores in soccer, ever. The the Warriors can score 10 points in 30 seconds. And yeah, it's just fast paced. It's fun. Soccer is slow and boring. So a little different. But,
1: you know, sometimes uh, the ladies like it when you take your time. It's a fair point.
0: Can't argue that. Only one of us is married. The other is single. I'll let you guess who's who.
1: So I I think, uh, but I think the point is, is that game one, was entertaining. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat a bit for game one. Game two was obviously a laugher, and you didn't really have to watch it. Cleveland plays a brand of basketball that, you know, when J.R. Smith is Chuck City and he's hitting, it's entertaining. Otherwise, it's ISO LeBron lowering his shoulder and being the freak player that he is. And, no, I mean, good for LeBron. If I could lower my shoulder, drive the lane, and score every time, I'd do it. Uh, but when when he starts to get passive and when those guys aren't making shots it's watching them is like watching big 10 football
0: all right so we're only two and a half games in we're recording this right now during game three the Cavs do have a sizable lead here at half neither of us think they have what it takes to come back in the series though that would require four wins these next five games but I think both of us just from an entertainment standpoint would like to see the Cavs put up some resistance including a win here tonight
1: Yeah, I would love to see the Cavs put up one of those 25 three-point games and have this thing just turn into a 120-point Chuck Fest like in the 80s. I mean, one of these really high-scoring, lots of dunks, lots of lead changes, edge of your seat. I mean, basically what was happening in that Oklahoma City-Golden State series. And I think you got the feeling by the end of that that the winner of that was taking this whole thing.
0: Definitely. All right, Freddie, what's next on the list? LeBron James. Do you hate LeBron? Well, I'll take this because it's an easy answer. I don't hate LeBron at all. I don't have anything against him. I'm not his biggest fan. It was easier for me to root against him when he went to Miami and left Cleveland in the dust. Now that he's returned home, I'm not rooting for Cleveland, but I'm not rooting against him. Again, I have no ill will. He's really never harmed a fly. I know he's the biggest star in his own movie and tries to act, you know, he, he toes this odd line between being fully self-aware and being totally removed you never know where he is on that spectrum but I have a feeling you're going to say that you hate LeBron Sherp how do you feel about him as it stands today
1: I do hate LeBron uh to me LeBron is like French food uh it's heavy uh it's too rich Uh, when you don't like French food you seem like a jerk Uh, but but in the end I kind of agree that I have no reason for hating LeBron I mean, he is as clean as a whistle in today's social media age. I mean, short of JJ Watt, like who seems like a nicer guy off the field, off the court? Who's that big of a celebrity? Uh, you know, he's not uh, cheating on you know ten women. He doesn't. Right, have LeBron is married kids. with kids. JJ
0: right. Watt's a single guy.
1: Right, right. But I mean, just staying out of the limelight for all the negative reasons takes so much effort when you're a guy like LeBron. That I will give him that credit. I just find him unappealing. I'd rather. You know, I'd probably rather have, like, a cream-based booyah base than watch LeBron play basketball, and I dislike both. French food I find to be trite, much like LeBron.
0: Good to know. I think that's our first LeBron James French food comparison, but it's a good one.
1: I got a million of them. Give me, a, give me an athlete. I'll give you a food.
0: Well, let's just go right now. Steph Curry. I mean, the MVP, oh, most exciting part of the league.
1: Steph Curry is like a sizzling plate of fajitas. I mean, you got – it comes out. It's pss, 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 On the table, you squirt a little lime on there, you get the citrus. I feel like I'm back at Applebee's right now. You never know what's going to happen. It's like a little bit of shrapnel might fly off, because Steph's just kind of all over the place like a water bug. He's universally beloved and delicious. Steph Curry, sizzling plate of fajitas.
0: Love it. Let's keep it going. FDS, what's next on the list? Milwaukee Brewers. Should the Brewers take after the Cubs and Astros and have a yard sale? All right, Sherp, I'm going to let you respond to this first because you're the Brewer fan here, but one thing I just want to preface it with, the Cubs had five straight fifth-place finishes before things started to turn around for them. So, should the Brewers follow in their footsteps and the Houston Astros' footsteps, have a fire sale? And what that really means right now is, should they trade both Jonathan Lucroy and Ryan Braun and start planning for the future?
1: The answer is yes, absolutely. They are a small market team whether they want to admit it or not or whether the money and the payroll that Antonazio is willing to invest shows it they're a small market team and it's the formula to success and it's really the formula to success when you're a large market team you can just sustain some losses and keep your talent for longer it gives you a larger window so when you're somebody like the cubs and you have a fire sale they now have the opportunity to keep these guys for 10 15 years the Brewers have to hit the reset button and then try to accomplish it all in a five, six-year window like they tried to do when they had Braun and Weeks and Corey Hart and Prince Fielder and they drafted all these guys and they made their trade for C.C. Sabathia and tried to catch lightning in a bottle. Yes, they should trade Braun, although they're going to have to hope one of these teams who who's in the hunt uh, and has some payroll can absorb his contract. Jonathan Lucroy should be a, a pretty attractive uh, investment for a lot of people. I mean, as far as a bat goes behind the plate, there's not much there.
0: No, you're exactly right. I mean, the Brewers have to take a cue from the Cubs and the Astros and and trade any assets that they have right now, whether that's Aaron Hill, Chris Carter, Jonathan Lucroy, Ryan Braun. But everything I'm hearing is actually a package deal that no one can have Lucroy without taking on Ryan Braun and his contract. So that's going to be an interesting... The Uh, old poison pill technique, Well, And you figure it has to be going to an American League team then keep him out of the National League because Ryan Braun, even though he currently can play left field long-term, he's really a designated hitter.
1: Yeah, well, especially with how long he's signed for, right? I mean, at his age, his health, he's not going to be able to play because he's playing that position based on athleticism, not actual skill at the
0: position. Right. You have to wonder also, like, could he even play first base? I'm sure he could.
1: Sure. He started at third.
0: Right. So all you need is a glove and...
1: What do you think about uh, somebody like Jonathan Villar and just training him, or Villar, and just trading him for some, you know, single-A arm, right? Oh, just okay. compile arms?
0: Again, if there's an asset to be had and you're a team like the Brewers, I say go for it. You're not winning the World Series this year or even next year or anytime soon, but you don't know what happens in five years. You start drafting the right players. You hit on a couple of uh, free agents, and next thing you know, you're right in the thick of things.
1: I mean, the Chris Carter, if they could trade him for somebody, that's incredible. I think that's, they will that's the trade old, him. For,
0: they will that's flip That's like him.
1: flipping a house. It's just like, I'm going to buy this garbage house. I'm going to dress it up real nice, and then
0: I'm going to sell it for a profit. Well, the brewers are officially then in the real estate market because they're about to do Hey, Antonazio,
1: he made his money in the real estate market. You got market.
0: it. L.A. to Milwaukee. All right, Freddie, what's next on the list? Green Bay Packers. Ugh. Is this the Packers' year? Well, I'll take this first because I'm not a Packer fan. And I'm going to say it could be their year. Oh, way to put yourself
1: on the line there, Alex.
0: Just wait. Let me explain. They always have the talent. This is now six, seven, eight years running. They have Aaron Rodgers, the best player in the league. He's had a good supporting cast. Not great, but always even above average, both offensively, defensively. They have a good coach. They have a good general manager. Everything seems to be in place. And yet, the postseason results have not been there. So I'm going to say the Packers certainly have another chance. They're going to win the division. They're going to be in the playoffs. They'll host a minimum of one game. But do I see them winning a ring? No. It's going to be too tough to get past a team like Seattle, especially if they have to go on the road and play there. And even if they were to make the Super Bowl, the AFC seems to be the loaded conference to play a New England a Pittsburgh remains to be seen how good the defending champs Denver will be, but I just don't see this as the Packers year. What are your feelings? Sure.
1: The beginning of every year, you look at the schedule and you say 15-1 at worst. Uh, when you have Aaron Rodgers in the backfield <laughs> taking snaps, that's how it is. Now, the great part about the NFL is think of all of the spectacular quarterbacks and all of the great quarterbacks that there are in the league I mean, Tom Brady has won multiple, right? But Ben Roethlisberger has two. Eli Manning has
0: two. Tom has four, so that's an understatement, right?
1: No, I understand. But what I'm saying is part of my reason I'm not a huge fan of the NBA is only certain teams at the beginning of the year can realistically win it, right? There's five or six teams that have a chance. And every year, if you're one of those five or six teams in the NFL— and you've got a chance, who's to say you're not gonna win it? I mean, we've seen a lot of wild card champions, we've seen a lot of wild card Super Bowl. That contenders. was the Packers
0: lone ring, 2010. They entered I mean, as a hot wild card.
1: They're they're fifteen and one with a loss to Kansas City. I was gonna ask you together. what that
0: one was. Well, what what about this year? Have you circled that one yet? Do you know which I haven't found it? Oh. But could knowing, be at Minnesota. Knowing new stadium. my luck,
1: knowing my luck, I'll be in attendance. Yeah, you'll in, pick it out. I'll be in attendance in Nashville. Uh, at tennessee and demarco murray will pop off for like 250 and just drop it on my face
0: sounds about right you'll be facing him in fantasy he'll wrong you in every way possible
1: completely completely i'll be there with some some friends from uh from nashville taking the wife down for her birthday nothing screams happy birthday (laughs) than a road packer game more to your spouse let me tell you
0: it's true but you know it's funny really when you say looking at the schedule i can't remember the last time that i went to a game an nfl game an NBA game, any game period where I didn't think my team was going to win that night?
1: Yeah, I would say MLB games. I've been to plenty of those as a as a Brewers fan. Um, I how about say, a road
0: trip? When's the last time you went to like a Badger no, football, Packer game, anything, and you thought?
1: I'll say what? the odds were pretty stacked against us on our trip to Columbus. It was that Greg Oden, Ohio State team, each to each. Uh, of the teams were ranked number one respectively in the opposite the coaches pulling right it was
0: number one and number two between them
1: right right and i just you know i I didn't have a ton of confidence but hey free place to stay and uh, we got tickets where you could buy beer during a college basketball game what could be better than that it's
0: a good point but We're also dating ourselves a little. I believe that was, yeah, it was 2007. So in the last nine years, neither of us have attended a sporting event or a major sporting event where we didn't expect the team we're rooting for to get it done that day.
1: That is correct.
0: So, you know, to say we're blinded by our fandom is an accurate But also,
1: uh, again, if you uh, realistically answer this question as a sports fan, you already said he was the best player in the league. Is there any game you would show up to where Aaron Rodgers was quarterback where you actually thought you were going to lose the game?
0: No. So, so at that point, you know, and yet I show up to a Packer bear game you, every year and expect to dethrone him. So. I'll tell
1: you the Arizona game this year, going into the playoffs, I didn't have a great feeling about that game, but we were starting two guys from the practice squad at wide receiver. I mean, guys that weren't even on the roster at the beginning of the year or were five and six. So it's
0: and look how close they came to getting it done. I mean, yeah. they forced overtime miraculously, I'm but a miracle nevertheless they're on the road and they lose by a touchdown in overtime you yeah. can't get much closer than that Yeah,
1: it's a tough one tough one to swap. we'll
0: open up some wounds for you here the next time we have you on the podcast sure but uh it was great having you on i really appreciate it
1: yeah thanks for having me Rupert.
0: and now it's time for the cubs minute Cubs won another series today, an 8-1 to victory in Philadelphia behind a stellar performance from John Lackey, seven shot-out innings, but the big story was Jorge Soler hit the disabled list and the Cubs called up Albert Almora Jr., one of their top prospects who made his major league debut on Tuesday and then got his first big league start on Wednesday. He wasted no time making an impact, he threw out a runner from the outfield in the first inning and collected his first base hit and RBI later in the game. Cubs actually have off on Thursday, so I'm not quite sure what to do with myself, but luckily they'll start a series on Friday in Atlanta, and I expect them to sweep all three games. All right, folks, that's going to do it here on episode five of Ruts Happening. I want to thank everyone for listening, and I want to thank my special guest, Sherp, who we hope to have on again very soon. You can find all our episodes either on iTunes and subscribe and leave us a review or just by going to andrewrutberg.com. As always, if you have any questions for me, I'm available on Twitter, at Andrew Rutberg. Hope everyone has a great night, and we'll be back soon. Intro and outro beats provided by Mass Confusion.